Welcome, everybody, to episode 36 of The Point of Pittsburgh, The Pod. I'm Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, you doing all right? Yeah, I'm hanging in there, man. Busy, busy, busy. So mm-hmm. we're into you. Uh, we're under the Pennsylvania phase of our move and heading into the heading rapidly into the uncertainty phase. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it, this is the uh, this, this is where the, uh, the the rubber meets the road or the uh, all the, the gloves are off. I don't know. We'll just I, you know, I, I can keep speaking in platitudes all night, but, you know, we probably want to talk about baseball. OK, uh, I believe it's my turn on the couch. That is correct. Okay. Uh, I would like to share the tale of Sisyphus from Greek mythology. Uh, He was punished by Hades. And in the afterlife, his punishment was he had to roll a gigantic boulder up a hill. And then just as he got to the top of the hill and it looked like he could rest the boulder would roll right back down on him and he'd have to start all the way at the bottom of the hill. And he had to redo this for all eternity because he pissed off Hades. And I'm sharing this with you and our listeners for no particular reason at all as we approach the trade deadline as a pirate fan. So that kind of leads us into uh, what we want to talk about first and... A lot of rumors out there um, ahead of the trade deadline this coming Monday. Uh, some of the names out there, well, one of them is already gone, Carlos Santana, uh, rest in power. Uh, he returned a interesting-ish 18-year-old rookie ball shortstop, so okay, that's fine. Uh, he was... Brought in, essentially, to be traded, so I'm perfectly fine with that. But some of the names that are out there are a little bit more puzzling to me. Um, Colin Holderman's out there. I would be disappointed if he was traded, but not super brokenhearted. Uh, I like him a lot, but, um, you know, he is what he is. But two of the names out there are giving me a little bit of heartburn, more than I usually have. And that's Mitch Keller and David Bednar. Uh, what are your thoughts on if one or both of those two were to be traded? I don't think they will be traded. I have my suspicions that, you know, the Pirates are probably going to have a Brian Reynolds level type ask, you know, to what was, it, you know, rumored to be the level of ask in the offseason for, for, for Reynolds. Um you know, that being said, um, if they get that kind of a return and on a sell high on one of these guys, um, you know, I, I, it's it's not it's not great optics, but I mean, it could ultimately be what finally gets them over the, the hump. Uh, my issue with trading any of them is one, they're long term pieces um, and two, they are not their their immediate replacement is not present. Uh, in, on the major league team, you know, if they trade Bednar, you know, Holderman maybe may roll into his role, but then who are your setup guys? You know, if the team is going to compete again next year, potentially, and, and, and I mean, I think all signs are pointing to them at least being like a little bit more competent. Um, 
you know, I, I think that, you know, it's it makes the job even more difficult for them. Um, you know, great return or not, you know, um, I, I love the idea of trading relief pitchers when you have a surplus. If you've got a, a, a guy that's coming along that can easily replace these guys, if the bullpen is stacked, trade a relief pitcher all day, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But they're just not in that situation. And I think any, trading any one of those three guys is going to put them into a considerably worse position for next season. Yeah, um, I'll make this a little bit shorter. I think it would be ridiculous. Um, you've got to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, this is it. We're moving forward with these guys. And, mm-hmm. you know, I believe that if they were to make a few judicious moves in this offseason and actually spend, like, real money, not just pirate money, they can contend uh, and make the playoffs next year. I firmly believe that. And we've heard rumors that they intend to try to compete. So if that's the goal, then why would you trade your top starter and your top reliever, both of whom have multiple years of control, still under, still under the team, and... You could, you've had talks with at least Keller uh, to this point on a contract extension. You're allowed to have more than one good thing at a time. Uh, you know, everyone's all excited about Paul Skeens, um, you know, coming up and fronting the rotation. But it sure would be nice to have Mitch Keller right there at number two with him. You know, it, there's just no need for this. They, they don't need to restock the system. The system is here. The system right. has a very enviable starting pitcher as the number one prospect, foreshadowing, uh, in addition to a couple other really interesting arms in Jones and Salameto, who are, I don't know if they're going to be on, I don't want to say the doorstep in 2024, but they're in the mix you know, for a call-up. So there's still a few interesting pieces on this farm. It, it's not a barren farm. And the optics of trading the most productive person that you just traded for just three years ago, you know, getting Bednar back in a deal was, was a little bit of a lottery ticket in the original fire sale 1.0 of the Charrington regime. So it's just, it's just bad optics. They don't need to do this. Yeah, the only way that it would make sense for me is if they're legitimately getting two pieces that are major league ready uh, that they think they can do something with. You know, guys they can insert by the end of this season uh, that maybe are blocked by another team, you know, but uh, at the same time, though, if they're blocked by another team, you know, uh, who knows if they would actually be, you know, that kind of improvement level player that they would need. Uh, that's major league ready, you know? So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's, um, I, I think it's a bad idea though, too. I, I really yeah. do. I mean, I, I don't really need to say anything beyond that, but, uh, I, I'd have to see what the return is. You know, I mean, I, I could be sold on it if it's good enough, but I just don't, I, it's going to be really, really hard to wow me enough to, mm-hmm. to have that make sense. So, you know, before we, potentially uh, trade a couple players and restock the farm. Stephen, I thought it'd be a good idea to, for each of us to take a look at the farm as it is right now 
and compare our top 20 prospects. Um, so for the listener, as a caveat, neither of our lists include any player who's currently at the major league level. Um, so that's going to toss out your Andy Rodriguez's, uh, your Quinn Priesters, your Luis Pagueros, or excuse me, your Leo Pagueros, uh, your Mlodzinskis, and your Nick Gonzalez's of the world who have still not technically exceeded their rookie thresholds of 130 at-bats or 40 innings pitched. So that's five guys that you won't hear on these lists. We like them very much, uh, but they are just not on our lists that we're going to be talking about here. So, Steve, uh, do you want to do a cool 20 to 1, or do you want to go 1 to 20? What do you want to do? Let's start with one. To, we'll start with one to twenty because I think one is where we the the only spot that we actually agree. And and mm-hmm. just to be clear, as a caveat here, I am not expecting them to get a return on any of the trades that are forthcoming that are you know that 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 are going to add players to either of our top twenties. I'm not expecting. Uh, I, I'm not expecting Rich Hill to move the ball. Um, I mean, I guess he could. You know, but uh, I, I'm not expecting him to get that much. Certainly not Hedges. Certainly not Shim. Any of the guys that might actually move are not going to be a major return. You know, now uh, they could be a lottery ticket A ball player that might work their way into this list eventually. But I'm not expecting anybody that's going to immediately make an appearance. That being said, our number one prospect is clearly Paul Skeens, and we both agree on that. Yeah, there's not much need to debate that. All right, so for number two, uh, we start to deviate a little bit now. When Steve and I say deviate on these next few, uh, it looks like to me on the rundown here, the next five, we only deviate by two position, two positions each. So for me, my number two is uh, Jared Jones. I just like the consistency a little bit more. Um, I like the arm action a little bit more. Uh, and that's why I have him at number two. Yeah, I have him at number four, um, and yeah, he's he's very very close. I, I think his downside is as a, as a relief pitcher, but I, I feel pretty confident that he's going to be able to stick in the rotation at least for a, a, a little while. Yeah. I, I do have con- some concern with his length at this point. Um, it does seem like he sort of struggles late in his starts, but that's my only drawback, and that's why I have two other people in front of him. My number two is Termar Johnson, so. Um, you know, I, I've just uh, really liked what I, I've watched a lot of Termar Johnson this year, and I've just liked a lot of what I've seen from him. Um, the power is coming around. You know, the uh, the strikeouts are are going down. Um, you know, pretty rapidly. The walk rate is ridiculous. Although I, I he's not going to be able to sustain that into the upper levels of the minors, but um, he's uh, he's looking more and more legit by the week. Uh, and I think it is time for him to get promoted to high A um, because I'd really like to see him at least in Altoona by the end of next season. But he's he's looking really, really, really solid. Yeah. Um, I have him at four, so we kind of flip-flop our twos and fours. Um, it's he is He's put it together in the month of July. I'm just still having a little bit of tough time. I know he was probably injured. But I was just still having a little bit of a tough time with those early season numbers. The strikeouts have gone down, but the strikeouts are still 
a little bit high for my taste, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely in a better place on tomorrow than I was even just in June when he was really struggling. Uh, so for number three, we do match up. We both have Anthony Solomedo. Um, I believe he's my only lefty pitcher on the list. I know you have a couple of them. How about more. that? Uh, the arm action is wacky, uh, but he's probably, uh, I think you sort of mentioned it. He's probably the better bet as a starting pitcher than Jared Jones, but I'm giving Jones just the, the nod for the cleaner arm action. He's slightly closer to the majors, but I both feel that they're kind of in the same low to high three type of pitcher. Yeah, no, I, I think that's completely, um, I think it's a fair place to, to put him, um, you know, I, as far as fair, fair, I shouldn't say a fair place to put him. Obviously I agree with you on where he ought to be, but, um, I think it's a fair assessment though. Um, you know, uh, you know, control's getting better. Um, that funky, funky arm delivery is going to just give left-handed hitters nightmares, um, I like what I see from him. Uh, he's 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 been a fun one to follow this year. Yep. All right. So number number four for me was Tremar. Number four for you is Jared Jones. So we kind of skip over those two. Uh, number five, I have Thomas Harrington, uh, which may even have shocked me a little bit, but um, I didn't really expect much out of him last year after he was drafted, but he's really kind of shown uh, some really interesting uh, things this year for me. He's climbed a little bit in terms of the, the runs of the ladder, and um, he's just a guy I want to see more of next year. I'm really excited to see if he can level up one more time. Yeah, I I, I have him six. So again, in this situation, we have five and six flip flopped. So um, he struggled a little bit in high A, but again, it's not a great pitcher's environment in in Greensboro. So um, you know, we'll we'll see how he does moving forward. We saw the growth that Jared Jones made when he just got the hell out of North Carolina. So hopefully, he can do the same thing next year because I would imagine he'll start in Indianapolis. Uh, for my number five, though, I have Sung Chi Cheng and he has, you know, graduated from, uh, from Greensboro. He has gotten himself the hell out of North Carolina already this season. Um, probably spent a little more, a little longer than he should have there. Um, just seems like a really good pure hitter. The power hasn't come around in Altoona just in Altoona just yet. Um, but you know, he's hit a couple of doubles the last couple of nights. Um, you know, he's outside of his first, you know, five or six games, he's actually been at least, you know, um, he's at least been hitting for average. Um, so he hasn't been overmatched, I don't think. Um, but he hasn't necessarily, he hasn't necessarily shown the pop that we've seen before, but I'm still very, very intrigued by him. And I think he could be a very good one potentially. Yeah. Chang, Chang's going to be that guy that, whether it's this off season or early next year, uh, your friend at work who's a casual pirate fan is gonna be like, "Hey, have you heard about this Sung Chi Cheng guy?" And you'll be like, uh, "Yeah, he rips." And you know, I think I think we're a little bit ahead of the curve on him, but um, I think true prospect heads are gonna get more into him this off season. So our top six, as I said, we were pretty close. 
And now we're kind of entering into a, a zone where it's going to get a little bit of differentiation between these two lists for us. So uh, I'll start off with Shailene Polanco, uh, outfielder. And I have him at seven. Uh, this is, for me, just a pure upside bet. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's rated very highly on the international market. Uh, he's been doing some really nice stuff down in the complex league. And he's a guy that I really want to see kind of level up. Now, this is probably a good time. I probably should have mentioned this at the outset here. Uh, because we had to take off those guys under our caveat about people who were already in the majors, and then you have to already take off people like Davis... Ortiz, Bay, who have already graduated. Um, the pirate system has a really nice top, which we just kind of went through. A really odd middle, which you'll see with me and Steve, and then a ton of lottery tickets yeah. at the back at the back end. So it's going to feel like it's not a quote great system, but that's because they've graduated so much talent already this year. And, it's, and, and it's gonna, I think it's a... Yeah, it like needs to catch up to itself is what I'm trying to say. I, I think that that middle is very deep as well, too. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of guys that I think can, that could easily slot in, as is indicative of our, you know, our our, our ver- varied lists from this point on. Yeah. So I think that's an indicator of the depth in the system. So, but go ahead. So, um, so going back to Polanco, he's, he's age 19. He's in low A. Full season, uh, perfect age. He's showing nice power um, for the level. He's got a isolated slugging percentage of just under 200. A um, lot of strikeouts. Can't sugarcoat that one. But again, 19, a lot of power, a lot of stolen bases. Um, and this is a pure upside bet for me. Yeah, he's got a sweet swing. He's he's a lot of fun to watch, and he he did really get hot there for a little while, um, you know, where it just seemed like everything was just flying off of his bat. He definitely has the potential. He definitely needs to kind of bring it all together a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge fan. I, again, I've watched a lot of Bradenton so far this year, um, and he's been a good one. So my number seven, and he doesn't even appear on your list, uh, but my number seven nope. is still Bubba Chandler. Um, I am still very much a believer in the upside in his arm. I actually probably think his floor is considerably higher than yours. Um, but the last couple of weeks, he's also been, you know, turning the corner a little bit. Um, you know, he's had a, a couple of very, very good starts. I think he's allowed one run and four walks in his last 10 innings. So he's down under, uh, you know, in the last couple of starts, he's down under three, uh, th- under four walks per nine. Um, the strikeouts haven't gone anywhere. Like, I, I still think that he's, you've got to, I, I think that the thing about him is you've got to consider that he's raw and that he's already kind of come a good bit of the way, and not to mention the fact that he's a raw pitcher and he's already and he's young for the level, and he's already in in high A. I, I think the Pirates really pushed him. I think he probably should have repeated at Bradenton for most of the year, 
But that being said, I, I have no problem with him being a little aggressive and letting him struggle. Uh, this is probably the first time in his life that he struggled at any athletic, <laughs> at any <laughs> athletic level. So I, I mean, the, in any athletic competition. So you know, it's, it's better to let him struggle now. But if he's if if the last couple of starts, if his July is indicative of where he's heading, um, he's going to fly back up your list again. Yeah, I've sold my Chandler stock, um, and he, he kind of needs to earn it back. It just feels sure. like Stetson Alley for the 2020s. Um, yeah, I, I don't really think he's know. even close to that. Hasn't yeah. hit a batter in, I think, a month either. So that's 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 actually a, a nice step in the right direction. Yep. All right, so for me, number eight, uh, I don't know if I, how I want to phrase this. If it's more like a... I'm holding on to the past on this one or how I want to you know, feel about Mike Burroughs, but he's definitely the forgotten man. Um, and I, I'm just kind of keeping him here. He probably should be lower, but uh, I think he can still do some things for the team at the major league level next year. Yeah. And I agree with you on that. I think it's just, um, I, I think again, I'm dropping him a little bit and I have him 15th. Um, I'm dropping him a bit because I do think he's probably a future bullpen guy at this point. But again, I agree with you. He could still do stuff. You know, if he ends up back in the rotation next year, he's back in my top 10. No questions about it. So this, this one for Um, me is more like, like what I was talking about, like the middle is really squishy and I just don't, don't really have like a good feel for anybody right now at this part of the part of the list. Sure, sure. I mean, and that's because the part of that is because there's just been so much movement. There's just mm-hmm. a ton of movement that, right now. So, uh, my number eight's Jordani uh, 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 De Los Santos. Um, I like. Um, I mean, he's 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 uh, eighteen uh, in in Bradenton already. Um, strikeouts are a problem for him. Uh, last week or so, he's starting to put more balls in play, and he's starting to get rewarded for it. Um, you know, I, I wasn't expect. you know, I, I, I'm never really concerned when an 18 year old is in full season ball, uh, and they're, they look overmatched, you know, at least not at first. Um, if he ends up, uh, I, I think he'll be a, a real, um, I think it'll be a real sign of success if, if he manages to stay in the 700s as far as his OPS goes, uh, between now and the end of the season, uh, I don't know if that's real possible, but uh, I think it's a decent start. So I, I like what he's I like what he's doing, um, you know. But uh, you know, I, I, again, I'd like to see him keep continue to put balls in play. Yep. Yeah, I like him too. Uh, have him at eleven on my personal list. Okay, so for number nine, uh, Braxton Ashcraft. He's if there was a resiliency award, uh, yeah, I think, I think he would get it. Um, he's been injured for a chunk of his pirate tenure, but he's correct me if I'm wrong. Steve been at three levels this year. Uh, yeah, I think part of it was he started in Bradenton. Uh, I think in large part because he was rehabbing. I think the expectation was for him to be at high a, um, but he started, you know, because he's coming back from Tommy John, he started at low a and then just sort of worked his way up. Um, and he's been successful at every single level, you know, I mean, um, yeah, I have him at 12. So, I mean, we're not, we're not too far off on this one. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's really, really flashing, uh, some good strikeout numbers. 
um, mm-hmm. per innings pitched. And sure. you know, that, that's like a big thing for me. I'm, I'm always looking at walk rate and K rate. And for sure. me, uh, he's been doing fantastic in both those areas. And, um, it, 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 I guess he's just had so few innings this year. You know, he's sure. only had 43 innings and that's probably why I just have him below Burroughs. Um, sure. Cause I, I think his upside at this point is equal to, if not maybe a little bit more than Burroughs. Yeah. They are definitely handling him with care as he recovers. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, and, and that's fine. I, I get it. Um, I mean, at some point you hope that maybe they ramp up his innings, you know, before the end of the season. Um, you know, I, you know, maybe they're just trying to, maybe he was not, they weren't sure if he was fully ready yet, but, um, you know, I mean, it seems he's, he's opening games. So I feel like they still see him as a starter. I don't know if that means anything, but, um, yeah, he's, he's looked good. And I mean, his feel has been very, very good for a guy coming back from Tommy John as evidenced by that low, low, uh, walks per nine at every level that he's been at so far this year. Yep. Uh, so did, I have, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I, was I, I have Malcolm know. Nunez here. So this mm-hmm. is my holding on to, uh, to, 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 to maybe somebody that is, uh, it should be down the list a little bit further. Um, he's still really young for triple a. Um, I know he struggled there and he's been injured for quite a bit of the season, but he has shown, um, the potential to at least be an average bat at first base. Um, you know, so I, I think just based on age and level is why I still haven't quite given up the ghost on him. But I think it's perfectly reasonable at this point to have done so. Yeah, I mean, he's personally not on my list. I've never been, I've never bought stock on the uh, Malcolm Nunez bandwagon. Um, it's just, it's hard for me to get super excited about first base only guys. And for me, the bat just never carried enough, but yeah. Sure. Okay. So so to round out my top 10, uh, I have Kyle Nicholas and yeah, I've, I'm seeing him more as a reliever at this point, but, um, I can still see, I, you know, I, I, if you, if you see him still as a potential starter, he's got such a big arm that I can definitely see. Uh, sticking with him. That's for sure. I, I think our, we kind of like podcast version of shrugged our shoulders right there. And that's kind of how I feel about him. Like, okay. You know, yeah. you seem to have some level of proximity to the majors. You seem to be a competent starter. So I'm going to put you here as a placeholder. That's kind of how I feel yeah. about him. Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. I, I definitely do. So um, my number 10 would be uh, last year's fourth round selection, Michael Kennedy. Um, so he's just done a – he's had a couple of rough outings so far in the uh, complex league. I'd like to see him promoted uh, at this point, though, because other than those couple of rough outings, he's absolutely been dominant. So um, – you know, and and you expect at this level for him to have some some tough starts mixed in. So, um, you know, it's it's just part of the part of the growing curve. I'm not really all that worried about those stats, but you know, um, yeah, I, I do. I, I like him better than I did before. Let's put it that way. Yep. Uh, okay, so my number eleven was Yordani 
Del Santos, which we've already talked about. So who's your number 11? So I have uh, John Sirk Shim uh, as my number 11. That big arm is just so tantalizing. Uh, it's a shame that he's only had, I think, two or three outings so far in the complex league. Um, again, he dominated. Um, I think it's possible that if he uh, – he must be hurt. I haven't heard anything specifically about the nature of it, as you tend not to in complex league. Um, but he is um, – he's – again, we're talking about lottery tickets. Like, you know, he could be – he could easily be in our top fives, you know, next year. So I, I just yes. think he has that kind of upside. So – No, I, but I yeah, completely that's, agree with you. Yep. Okay, so my kind of off-the-board pick um, on my end is Michel Miliano. Uh, he is a reliever, and he was obtained in one of the Padres trades. I will freely admit that I'm not sure if it was the Musgrove or the Frazier trade. Um, but he's a guy that if he could ever get his control under control, I think it would really open up a package for him to be a potential back-of-the-bullpen guy. And I'm just here betting on the upside for at least one more year. Yeah, I feel you on that one. He's he's an interesting dude. I, I Again, I don't have him on there because he is strictly a relief pitcher, but mm-hmm. he is a good one. So I have... So we already talked about my 12 and 13, and that would be Braxton Ashcroft and uh, and Shalen Plonko. So who you got at 13? Uh, my 13 is Po Yu Chen. Um, he, he was kind of like the Er Joshok Shim uh, from a couple years ago. And uh-huh. he started off his career uh, fantastically. He's encountered some resistance as he's moved up, but um, sure. the age is still of, of the age that there's still plenty of gas in that tank, in my opinion. Uh, and I just want to see more of him next year just to see if he can put it together and, and, and maybe start to accelerate his path a little. I have him at 20, and I, this means absolutely nothing, but any time that I've watched him, he just has the look of a major league starter. Just, there's just something about his delivery, and, and he just looks like uh, a major league uh, pitcher. So... Um, we'll see if that look actually translates to a goddamn thing because I don't think it does. I, if, 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 if I could tell by look, I'd be in a front office. I'd be in the scouting department somewhere. So, okay. So my number 14, um, cause you have Michael Kennedy for your number 14. So my number 14 is Hunter Barco. Uh, good news for him. He's getting back from, uh, this is, this is based purely on his upside, um, seems like he's doing just fine from his recovery from Tommy John surgery because he's starting to put in some innings down the complex league. Hopefully we'll see him in Bradenton and possibly in uh, Greensboro by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So my uh, my 15 is Shim, who we've already talked about. Uh, and your 15 is Michael Burrows, correct? Yep. Okay. Uh, so for 16, I have J.P. Massey. Um, it seemed like the Pirates want to try to find another J.P. Massey this year in the draft. Uh, but in terms of the actual El Guapo, J.P. Massey, um, started off strong, encountered resistance when he was eventually moved up after kind of semi-dominating. Uh, so he's now in, 
Hi, just doing his thing, and um, we'll see how this turns out. I'm a little skeptical. I think he might have a ceiling, uh, but I'm willing to let it ride until he doesn't. Sure. No, I, 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 he's on my radar. He's just not quite in my top 20. Um, so as far as our, my 16 was, was Kyle Nichols, uh, Nicholas, as I mentioned. So we have a pair of, uh, 2023 draftees as yep. our number 17s, but they are different people. Um, so I have Mitch Jeb. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's, he's looking like a fun little slappy hitter guy. And I know you hate that type of prospect, but I sure can get do. behind a guy that's hit tool first. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, See if he can add some power behind it, but um, he's uh, he's he's off to a quick start in uh, in Bradenton, but he probably doesn't even belong at that level. He probably should get moved up to high A before too long. Yeah, and uh, my twenty twenty three draft pick is Xander Muth, otherwise known as I sure hope you're worth it, um, because he was really, in my opinion, the only true high upside player they drafted aside from obviously Paul Skeens. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know much about him, but just judging by the size of his bonus and the overage that they had to go, uh, they must feel pretty strongly about him. So yeah, 1.8 million. I, uh, I, I, so I put him at 18. So I figure that's, we'll just move the decimal place over one and that seems like a good place for him to go. So, all right. So you have an interesting one at 18. Yeah. Uh, I have Jonathan Pena at 18. Um, this is, uh, I'm not really sure how to describe this one, but it's just a guy that I look at some of the numbers and the age, and he's just a guy that sort of pops out to me uh, that I really am interested in seeing some more of next year once he uh, hopefully gets gets rolling into a full season league full time. Okay, cool. Um, so my number 19, again, maybe I'm holding on here, but uh, he's finally healthy and uh, for more than 20 minutes, and thank God he didn't play football because he would have just been broken into a million pieces, but that would be Lonnie White Jr. So I, I'm still tantalized by his upside. Uh, has a nice swing, has a lot of holes in it right now, but you know he hasn't really focused on baseball full-time or really anything besides you know just walking around without pain the last couple of years. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it, it just he he's lost so much time already. You know? Yeah, he has. So my number but 19, he's still young, still young. Uh, my number nineteen is a twenty twenty two high school draftee, who I know that you're personally not a big fan of, but uh, he still is so young, and that's Owen Kellington. Um, he has some walk rate issues, which is typically a huge red flag for me. But um, I, it's just, it, again, I just want to see what he can do before I truly give up the ghost on him because I see enough strikeouts in him uh, that I want to see a little bit more. He's a back of the end of the rotation guy, a uh, ceiling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does have good secondary stuff. So, I mean, he could very easily progress through the system and, and, and keep that up without big, uh, without necessarily a big fastball. And he's also young enough that he could grow into it as well, too. I have Poe Chan at 20, as I noted. So you have an, an, another spicy pick at 20, but it's one that I do like. So you consider this one spicy. I mean, I've I think he's some, spicy. 
I've had some way weirder picks than this so far, but I think he's um, spicy. I have I have Travis McGregor. Um, he's battled injuries, and at this point, he's middle reliever at best. But uh, it's probably the proximity for me a little bit, and seeing some of the numbers this year. Uh, I'm not totally sure the Pirates believe in him, just because I don't. I think they would have moved him up. Uh, a little bit by now, but, um, he, again, I think he's got some good strikeout numbers and that's the guy that is always going to keep my eye at this point for the, for the 20th spot. I agree that the pirates may not be fully in love with him at this point, but I don't think it's crazy to think that we might see him in Pittsburgh before the end of the season. I think he's had a very good season. I think he's moved up, and I'm kind of surprised they didn't start him in Indianapolis this year, to be honest with you. But uh, he's on the doorstep, and you know the bullpen could use plenty of help at this point. So uh, that wraps up our top 20, and it's probably a good time for us to part company. And when we see you next, we'll be talking about the Pirates' either eventful or uneventful or just moderately eventful trade deadline. Uh, you have anything else you want to? Toss into the pile, Steve? No, not at all. All right. That'll end our show for this week. And thank you very much for listening. Uh, As always, Steve and I are very thankful for you listening to our podcast. And we will see you next week. Bye.